Chapter forty six of the Semi Attached Couple by Emily Eden. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Owing either to the arrow route made by the grateful Tomkinson, or the excitement of the lawsuit, or the excellence of Lord Teviot's constitution, his strength returned so rapidly that his removal to Teviot House admitted of no further difficulty. Helen quitted her dear Laurel Cottage with some unwillingness, but was obliged to own, when she reached home, that there were advantages in a large luxurious house which she should be unwilling to forego. Lord Teviot sent his secretary, Mr. Legate, down to St. Mary's, to examine the chests of family papers that had accumulated there, and in the meanwhile the foreign affairs in which he had been engaged gave him the occupation to which he was equal. Mr. G. came to see him immediately, entered with sense and friendliness into the affair of the lawsuit, to which, however, he did not attach great importance. He said he had seen too much of life to believe in these sudden discoveries of marriage certificates. A certificate that was worth anything was never missing for five-and-twenty years, and the old aunt, if she were worth anything, would have produced it long before. He felt sorry for whatever might give that perfect angel Lady Teviot a moment's anxiety, but was convinced it would be soon ended, and in the meanwhile Lord Teviot must contrive to be well enough to take office before Parliament met. Other acquaintances called some with the gloomiest faces and forebodings, some with an affectation of considering the point decided in favour of Mr. Lorimer, and taking a degree of modest credit to themselves for still adhering to their poor fallen friends, but many with real hearty interest in what they called the real Teviots, and these true friends never vexed Helen by retailing to her any of the ill-natured remarks made by false ones. Lady Portmore's strength of purpose had given way, on the defalcation of one of her corps dramatique, who had been summoned home suddenly, and Harry Lorimer was established as Paul Pry in S, and Lord Teviot in Puss, at Portstown. She wished to make a great mystery of this, but Mr. Lorimer took care to have the playbills of the private theatricals forwarded to the newspapers, and Helen would have been more than mortal if she had not delighted in the scornful smile with which Lord Teviot read the name of H. Lorimer, Esquire, in the list of the brilliant circle assembled at Portstown. This was the last act of that series of trials which had had the effect of bringing the husband and wife into the closest bonds of confidence and affection. The very next morning Lord Beaufort, who had continued to act for his brother-in-law, rushed into the room with a bundle of papers, the result of Mr. Legate's researches, and docketed by the late Lord Teviot. "'Letters from my brother Lord Robert respecting his marriage!' The last letter, written on his deathbed, from an obscure village on the south coast, announced that his infant heir had followed its mother to the grave, where he himself must shortly join them, and he implored his brother to show some kindness to the unfortunate boy he left behind him. I gave him the Christian name which has always been given to the males in our family, in conjunction with my own, and though he has no legal right to be so called, it is a Harry Lorimer to whom I commend your care. Harry Alfred Lorimer, my second son and heir, has been taken from me, and perhaps I have no right to complain that my death will be a loss to none but the unhappy boy who will remain a living proof of my guilt and folly." Enclosed were certificates of his marriage, and of the birth and death of his infant legitimate son. Whether the late Lord Teviot, a selfish careless man, ever read this letter was doubtful. Certainly he never acted on it, and Harry Lorimer grew up ignorant of most of the details of his father's history. Whether he really believed himself to be what he now asserted, or merely made use of the papers he had found on his aunt's death as a good speculation, 
wherewith to extract a sum of money from Lord Teviot, is a mystery that charity may leave unravelled. When his lawyer informed him that the papers which had been found did not leave him a leg to stand on, he observed that he was not surprised, that he had begun life on one leg only, and was only astonished that he had stood so well and so long on it. "'At all events,' he added, "'I have had my fun for my money, and have met with more civility during the last month than during the thirty preceding years of my existence. It is a shabby world to live in, but I do not mean to let the worshippers of the rising sun who took me up drop me again easily. So I shall go down to Portsdown. I suppose Teviot is not the sort of fellow to come down handsomely with a few thousands because I withdraw my claims. Is he?' The lawyer said he rather thought not, and there ended Harry Lorimer's dreams of grandeur. It had been short and vague, but as he said, rather good fun while it lasted, and he thought it would enable him to act Sly the Tinker with considerable verve, if Lady Portmore felt inclined to get up The Taming of the Shrew. End of chapter 46